Why choose a Sleep Number Smart Bed? Because no two people sleep the same. Only the Sleep Number Smart Bed lets you each choose your individual firmness and comfort your Sleep Number setting. The Climate 360 Smart Bed is so smart, it actively cools or warms up to 13 degrees on either side for your ideal sleep temperature. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Special Edition Smart Bed, plus free home delivery when you add an adjustable base. Ends Monday. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com. and welcome to the Parentologist Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kim. The Parentologist Podcast is a show about everything parenting with a therapeutic twist. I have a doctor in psychology and am a licensed marriage and family therapist, a registered play therapist, university professor, writer, and mom of two. Each episode of the Parentologist Podcast focuses on a variety of topics related to parenting, family, children, and mental health. I'm glad you're here. On today's episode, I have Ellie Weinstein, a friend and colleague of mine. He is a social work therapist, an LCSW who has worked in a psych hospital, an intense outpatient clinic, and currently works in a group private practice in Long Island. He created Elevation and became a therapist to fill a need and create a modern outlook on mental health to create a more digestible and relatable view on mental health to help those struggling times and add some inspiration and motivation to everyday life. Ellie has also been featured on the Kelly Clarkson show. That's amazing. Ellie, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show. Yeah, Um, I'm um, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready too. I'm ready too. The holidays are right around the corner. um, And, you know, for for some people, it can be a, a time of joy and excitement. Um, but it can also be a time of stress for even, even even in those you know times of joy and you know and excitement also can be stressful you know even good stress is stress. Um, but for others, it can be kind of a time of um, you know a lot of anxiety. You know there might be some trauma. There might be some um, you know just stress. Whether it comes to um, different things that happen this time of year, seeing families get together, maybe their family doesn't have the same look as another family. Um, maybe they are recently divorced and this is their first time co-parenting throughout the holidays, or maybe they have some really um, stressful moments with their in-laws. So we're going to talk about all of that today. And I think you're the best person to talk to because you work in with couples and relationships and anxiety and trauma, and you're kind of an expert in that. So... <laughs> We'll find out, right? We'll find out. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but I know you, I know you have some great advice, um, you know, to share with others to, you know, ways for us to keep our, our sanity during the holidays because it can be stressful. And even for myself, I'll speak for me that, you know, sometimes it can't, when the holidays come up, I get excited because I love this time of year and I love the weather and I love, you know, the decorations and, you know, all, all of the, those things that bring to me. But, um, but for me personally, you know, I, you know, we don't have a lot of family and mm-hmm. the family we do have, it, it can be stressful around this time of year, um, you know, to wonder who, who we're going to spend time with and, you know, how, what we're actually going to spend the actual holidays with versus the other person in making, not making sure someone else is mad and <laughs> you know, all those things. So how, how do you keep your sanity during the holidays? Oh, what a loaded question. Okay. Start it out big. <laughs> how I keep my, my sanity is that I make sure that I'm, I'm doing things to ground myself and take care of myself because, you know, I'm an Orthodox Jew and there are so many holidays all year round. Um, things happening here, there, everywhere, this family member, that friend, this person, and you're trying to navigate everyone else's stuff to make sure that you are careful to not ruffle feathers. But what I found 
working with a lot of people and myself included is that we end up forgetting what we need mm-hmm. and how much we need to take care of ourselves to make sure that we're showing up the best way we can for ourselves to have a great time, to enjoy a holiday, to enjoy the family that we can, to be able to be there. So for me, it's really remembering the balance of how much I'm giving to make sure that others are happy, classic people pleaser, that's me, yep. and also making sure that I'm making I'm doing what I can for me as well. And that takes a lot of practice and talking to someone to be able to figure out what that line is, because it is a very fine line to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and making sure that everyone else is, you know, behaving. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I laugh only because I can relate, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because I know, you know, I, obviously, you know, being a therapist myself, you know, you, you learn about, how saying no is a, is a way of self-care, you know, that setting boundaries is a way to to help in these types of situations. But, you know, how, like you said, it takes a lot of practice and, and I know that firsthand as well, but how does someone, you know, what what's a tip you can give someone to, to start with that process? You know, how does someone set a boundary? How does someone, you know, look at both sides of the coin in, in order to help themselves and also make sure that others are happy too? So for me, the biggest thing is, is being honest and have a conversation, right? Yeah. The hardest thing to do is have a conversation about it, to sit down with someone and go, okay, um, here's the deal. Um, you know, recently, actually I I moved in with my parents, um, to be able to save money to potentially have a house one day. Sure. In the world that we live, it's not so affordable. And I have the blessing to be able to do this. Right. And I have to have, I've had to have, um, with my parents' permission, I'm saying this, many, many, many roommate conversations, mm. right? It has nothing to do with the fact that we are, I am, you are, we are, it's nothing to do with that. It's how can we make this work the best way for both of us to be able to survive and thrive in a setting where we're maybe not so comfortable with. So the first thing really is to think about a clear way and a clear, honest way that isn't based in feelings and emotions that is um, unrealistic, but practically, just start practically, right? Because you can't change someone's emotions. So right. for example, a practical thing that happens very often amongst the holidays, not to get into touchy topics, religion, politics, are you married? Are you not married? Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? Hot topics, things that can touch or push buttons. Right. So maybe make clear boundaries and rules. Hey, mom, dad, grandpa, grandma, uncle, aunt, cousin, siblings, nieces, and nephews. Make clear boundaries of what are some conversations that really just are not important or the focus of what the holiday season is about, which is connection and togetherness. Why do we have to have these fights? Why do we have to start trouble? So let's have a real honest conversation about what I need. What do you need? Let's talk it out like adults, if we can, and see what we can come up with to make kind of this safe environment for both of us, both of us to thrive for the holidays. Now, that's not so easy because sometimes people don't want to have a conversation. And that's a different story about how you handle um, even when someone isn't amenable to a plan. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that's something I, I feel like I've heard come up before is, you know, let's say, you know, myself and I'm trying to talk to my, my own parents or my in-laws and I, you know, have 
have the intention to have this mature conversation with them and to set these boundaries and they're not open to it. You know, they, they get defensive or they're in some sort of denial or they don't really want to hear it. You know, they just want it their way. You know, how, how do you deal with that? If the other person's not open to it, do you just, when do you walk away or when do you, you know, I mean, for your own, I mean, you have, you have, um, you know, your own, own child. I have, you know, I have two kids and, you know, when it comes to in-laws and grandparents, you want them to enjoy, not just for you, but for those grandkids. Um, but if there's, if there is that contention, you know, how, how do you deal with that if the other person's not open to it? And, and when do you, when do you just say, okay, and, and just walk away or change plans or whatever the case is? So I'm going to say something that people might not like. Let's hear Sometimes it. you have to cut out scenarios in your life that are too difficult for you to handle Mm. and be okay with the repercussions that that has. Why do you have to suffer on the holidays if you're trying to deal with it in a healthy, positive way and someone is unwilling to move past that? Someone is unwilling to meet you and compromise halfway. Why do you end up having to be the one who suffers every holiday? You know, I work with some people uh, I'm not, you know, of course, confidentiality and stuff like that, where they're going back to situations or family that has been traumatizing or the crux of our therapy is how to move past or work through some of the trauma slash pain slash lessons slash labels slash whatever you want to add into that, that layer, that, sorry, that list. And they're going back into that situation. And it's really about reframing that you are not that anymore. But sometimes, what if you can't avoid it? What if it's too hard? Why do you keep putting yourself in that situation? Sometimes it's about creating that environment that is best for you. So maybe you have your own holiday thing and you invite who you want. I'm not trying to cause trouble with your family. Um, You know, something I like to use, I'm a very big TV sitcom person. Yeah. Um, And one of my favorite shows is Friends. Um, And Thanksgiving for Chandler is a very rough time if you know the show. Yep. Sure do. He doesn't have Thanksgiving with his family. He doesn't do it. Right. Yes, of course, he mopes and he's annoying and he has the same story and he eats his things and his his ridiculous stuff that he does to make sure it has nothing, no connection to that holiday of Thanksgiving. Right. But he doesn't go back to the scenario that's been so traumatizing for him. Does he need to deal with it? Of course. But why do you have to put yourself in that scenario? So in the end, the friends make this beautiful holiday um, get together and it's like a classic episode every season. And I know it's a TV show and not reality, but sometimes scenarios are not healthy and we shouldn't put ourselves in those scenarios, those scenarios. For example, a hot topic nowadays is politics. What if your parents or even you and a sibling just scream and yell every single holiday about politics and it gets so down and dirty and so disgusting and the whole holiday is ruined. Why do you keep doing that? Right. Take a step back. And figure out what you can do for yourself, how you can make it work, how you can navigate. And if someone is so stuck to their guns that they're not willing to compromise and deal with it, maybe it's time to have a really hard look at what you need to do for yourself and maybe go to a holiday that they happen to not be there and make a plan. Hey, you're going to go for Thanksgiving. I'm going for Christmas next year. I go for Christmas. You go for Thanksgiving. Right. And figure out kind of a rotation maybe to make sure that it works out in a better way. I like that. I like the rotation idea. And it, and, and I do agree with you 100% that there there it comes to a point where you need to protect yourself or even protect let's say your children, you know, from from that 
that pattern, that that traumatizing pattern that keeps repeating itself, you know, over and over again, and keep exposing not only yourself to it, but also, like I said, your your offspring, because um, they're going to ra- they're going to grow up, you know, seeing those things, seeing those arguments, um, you know, getting that stress, you know, um, mm-hmm. that the parents are having, and, and it's going to, you know, roll over into the children and you know, that's not initially obviously healthy either. So um, like you said, there comes a time where you do have to deal with, and I think the acceptance part is always the hardest part, at least for the clients I work with is, you know, they've come to the realization this is going to happen, but then when it actually does happen and they actually go through the holiday and, you know, they don't see their parents for the first time or, you know, whatever the case is. And, you know, their kids are asking questions, why isn't grandma here or whatever the case is, um, you know, that first holiday can be, can be pretty tough. So, what advice do you give for families out there that, you know, maybe going, you know, have set that boundary and are going through this for the first time and saying, you know what, enough's enough. Um, you know, we're going to have a happy holiday this year. And that just means it's going to look different this year than maybe years past. But they're still struggling with that acceptance, struggling with, you know, just, you know, that first time, you know, of change, because, you know, change sometimes can be really hard. Um, so if someone's struggling this time of year, and it isn't necessarily a, a happy time of planning, what do you suggest and you know to how to cope through that? Well, first one I would say is be patient, right? If if something's always been done for years and you're trying to shake things up for the positive, you have to be patient with yourself to be able to make it work. That's the first thing. Be patient with yourself. I like that. Because in the end, it's gonna take time to readjust the change patterns and habits that have been been going on for for a certain amount of time so be compassionate and patient also be forgiving be forgiving to the people who might not be holding to that plan as consistent or head or or strong as you need or hope to happen um and it means checking in let's say you're there for like a couple of weeks at your at your families hey are we still good for this Hey, uh, how are we doing? Are you okay with the plan? Right. How's it going for you? I know it's a hard thing, but are you doing okay? Like check in with the other people because hear where their heads are at. See how they're adjusting to it because it's not just you that is this complex layered person. They're going through stuff as well that is very complex too. So make sure that you're checking in with them and it's a trial run. So if this doesn't work, you readjust next year, make a new plan, make a new contract, make a new deal. Right. Um, but be aware of what's not working. Be aware of what's not, but also be aware of the positives that are working because it's not going to be 100% perfect. It's going to maybe be a certain ratio that might be good enough for you to be able to have a great time or enjoy your holiday that isn't going to be the perfection that you're hoping for. Right. And that that's a great point to keep in mind. And, you know, that threshold of how much can I tolerate? How much you know, knowing that, like you said, nothing's going to be perfect. You know, even if you completely, you know, keep all the 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 people that are maybe toxic to your family away, it's still not going to be settling, you know, to a certain extent. But like you said, having it good enough, you know, kind of going to that point of what can I accept? What can I tolerate? What can I not? And like you said, just keep adjusting and, you know, for the next year and, you know, what happens when someone's in the middle of it though? Let's say, you know, all the, all the families over the cousins, the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents, um, and someone's not getting along, you know, or something comes up and you want a little bit of a, 
you know, time out. <laughs> what what do you suggest when they're in the midst of that? Um, you know, maybe pulling someone aside and having that conversation. You know, what do you suggest as far as you know dealing with the stress in the moment? Well, you just suggested it. You just said it. Oh, good. <laughs> a timeout. A timeout is unbelievable. I believe in timeouts for parents, right, for themselves yes. to be able to collect themselves and be able to move forward with their life and what they need to do to parent the best way they can. And I believe with timeouts for conversations that need to happen. It's okay to walk away from a scenario or take a break from a meal or take a break from a conversation and say, you know what? I need 10 minutes. It's not a problem because then you are being, you're creating an environment for yourself to be able to have a healthier mindset and create a better behavior pattern than last time when you didn't take that time. Yeah. That could mean taking five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. Don't run away. Don't never have the conversation. Don't never deal with it. But it also is a matter of what your values are. So if there's something that is extremely inappropriate around your family, let's say your kids, it's a value. Let's say it's cursing. I'm just making a random example. Sure. And someone is just dropping F-bombs every other sentence. It's okay to put your foot down and go, hey, can you stop it? My kids are right here. That's not a full-blown argument and should probably not lead to a full-blown argument. And if it does, take it outside and talk it out. So the two things is take a time out for yourself. Walk away, take a break, take a breather, come back. The other thing you can do is when things calm down, hopefully it does, Later on, when things are quieter, to pull that person aside and say, here's what happened before. I really am uncomfortable. I don't like this. Can we kind of work through this? Can you not do that again? That really hurt my feelings. That was really upsetting. That was really annoying. Right. It's not a bad thing to have real conversations. Just because it's holiday time doesn't mean it's all unicorns and daisies and, and you know, I don't know. I can't think of any other positive thing, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't Rainbows. have to be this magical rainbow of a facade that we're trying to create. Real conversations and real things can happen. You know, a lot of conversations and things that cause trouble are when family and people don't see eye to eye. You don't have to see eye to eye to have a nice time. You don't have to see eye to eye to respect someone in your family and enjoy their company. So you might not agree with their sexual orientation. You might not agree with their religious beliefs or their political beliefs. You might not like who they're dating or married to or how they're raising their kids. It doesn't mean you can't respect them as a family member or friend and still enjoy the time that you have with them. It's only a couple of days. Right. So it's about that perspective of I can see past all of that and still see who they are and why they're here and what matters, why they matter to me and why I invited them or why they're in my home. That's the focus of what the holiday should be. Unfortunately, the other things get in the way and block us from seeing that. Yeah. Or we're like, oh, they do that. Oh, that's how they're dressing. Oh, they talk to their kids that way. That's who they're dating. Oh my gosh. They're doing that at their job. They said what? And we get so focused on the stupidity of really what doesn't matter about why the holidays are what they are and what the purpose of having that beautiful meal or that environment is. But really we get so lost in this garbage that isn't really as important for now. It doesn't take away from the person. Yes, all those things are important to the person themselves, but shouldn't be the focus of why the arguments and things are happening, causing trouble and struggle in a, in a, in a holiday season. Right. 
Right. Absolutely. Gosh, that's that's such a great point. I mean, I wish I could like underline it, bold it, highlight it, (laughs) send it out. I can scream it if you want. I (laughs) I would like that. I would like Ah. that. You know, but it just, it's just sad. It's sad when those things cause struggle. Like, 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 again, I'm not here to cause trouble on the, on the, on the episode, but like if your son or daughter are, are choosing or believe of sexual orientation or they're marrying someone or dating someone or someone decided to change their job or they talk to like, why does that matter in the sense of what the holidays is about, which is connection and family. That's what the holidays are about. Right. Connection and family being together. And what we've come in a day and age that we're in today, it's all about divisiveness and separation and boxes and putting people in labels that separate us. That's not what the holidays are about. It's about coming together devoid of the boxes, devoid of the labels, devoid of the choices and beliefs and being in one page and one roof and going, we can be together. You know, something I admire about my family is uh, we celebrate Passover. And uh, I come from a family that has mixed beliefs, or sorry, religious levels of belief when it comes to Judaism. Sure. Um, and that's great. I love my cousins and my brother and everyone who comes to the table devoid of if they're the same level of religiosity that I'm at. Doesn't matter to me. So when we go for Passover, we started going to a hotel instead of being in someone's home mm. so that it's more suitable for people to do their own thing during the holiday, yet still come back to a table for dinner, lunch, and and religious ceremonies. It's all on their schedule. No one's pressuring other people and pushing an agenda. That's what holidays is about. It's about different people from different circles, from different walks of life, coming under one roof, under one home, and being connected and together, devoid of everything else that's happening in the world. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And I didn't even think about that. Like that's such a great gem of uh, knowledge (laughs) or advice that, you know, to, to get a hotel, I'll meet up somewhere and then you have your own space, but you still come together. Like you said at the table or, you know, for, 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 you know, maybe short periods of time. Um, and I, I think the other point I want to stress is that it's okay to pause. You know, let's say you do have different levels of religiosity or maybe different, you know, politics or like it's, um, views on sexual orientation or whatever it is, you know, that even though you have those differences that you can pause during that meal, <laughs> you know, you can sit down at a table for an hour with your family and you can pause. Th- those conversations don't even have to come up. You know, those opinions don't have to be shared. You can have a meal and talk about other things, you know, even keep it on the surface if you have to, and just talk about what your favorite color is and what the weather's like or whatever the case is. And those those deeper, you know, more conflictual conversations can happen next week or in a month from now. You know what I mean? Like you can still have those conversations or those opinions. You're not taking it away from anyone. Like you said, it comes down to respecting each other and respecting those differences, but it's okay to pause. You know, like I said, you don't have to bring that to the table, you know? And and even if you do bring it to the table, you know, and this is just a general topic for communication with people that you don't agree with. It's okay to disagree and still be respectful in in the way you converse. Sure. Like you can disagree with someone not agree with their religious or political views, not agree with their choices and still respect them as a person and not be nasty and disgusting. Right. You don't have to attack the person. You can talk and be calm about the opinions and facts or ideas that they're talking about. 
It doesn't have to get personal and, 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 and divisive like I used before and aggressive. There's a difference between assertiveness, which means saying your opinion in a very clear, concise way, and aggressive. Aggressive is very attacking and intense and hateful. We don't have to get that way when it comes to hard topics. Very true. Very true. Great point. Now let's talk about co-parenting. Mm. So in-laws, you know, I, I mean, there's there's lots of different family din- din- dynamics out there, obviously. But, you know, there's a lot of parents I know, a lot of families I know that are going through this holiday season the first time, let's say it's their first holiday season since having a divorce or a separation. And they're co-parenting for the first time. And I know obviously you're a dad, you know, so when you have your professional hat on and then you have your, you know, your dad hat on, you know, as a parent, I know for me, I I think, you know, that would be really hard. That'd be a really hard adjustment to make of, let's say, five, 10, even two years together as a family. And now you're having to share kids and who's going to actually get the child on you know, Christmas or who's going to get the child on, you know, Thanksgiving versus maybe the next day or the day before, whatever the case is. Right. Um, what, what advice do you have or, you know, for couples out there that are, that are dealing with that and maybe even some loneliness, maybe you're the parent that doesn't have their kids for that day, whether it's the holiday itself or the day before the day after that weekend. And, you're by yourself for the first time for two or three days without your kids and your family. Um, you know, how do you get through something like that? So I love this question a lot because it's different than other questions that I've, I've dealt with before. Um, the first thing I would say is what is the focus of co-parenting? Focus of co-parenting is the kids, not you two. It's not about the parents, right? The key to co-parenting in a healthy way over the holidays is what can we do to make it as calm and nice and beautiful and magical for the kids? What do they want? How do they want to do it? Bring them into the conversation. They're a part of this decision, of course, if they're old enough to have that conversation. If you have a baby or a two-year-old, I mean, that's not that's not going to go down that conversation. Right. But if you have older kids, talk to them. What do they want to do? Don't take offense to it because it's not that you're a bad parent. It's about the kids. It's not about you. That's the first thing. The second thing is that loneliness is really hard during the holiday season. Even if someone doesn't have a family, doesn't have kids, all that stuff, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the holiday in some way or another. Make it about you. Enjoy it for the first time in your way, devoid of the family, devoid of kids, devoid of siblings, devoid of uh, maybe go on a vacation or take a trip with your friends or just sit at home and watch your favorite movie or watch some sports, whatever floats your boat or makes you happy. It doesn't mean that you can't be sad or lonely and enjoy the holiday. You can have both. It doesn't have to dismiss one or the other. It's all about your perspective, that your focus as a co-parent is my kids are really having a good time. And that makes me happy because I'm their parent. Would I rather them be with me? Of course. But it doesn't mean they won't be with me in the future or won't be with me after the holidays are done and make the most of the time that they are with you because the holidays, no offense, is just another day with special things. Right. Like I always say this about New Year's. The difference between December 31st and January 1st is literally a day. It's a day. Is it December 31st or 30th? I can't remember. Um, (laughs) It's one day. And then all of a sudden, January 2nd, it's like, oh, no more New Year's. Okay. Right. It's still another day. 
It's we put this power on a day that makes it so much more important for some reason. And I'm not dismissing holidays. I love holiday season. I love holidays. I think it's beautiful. I think it brings people together. I think it creates a sense of happiness and joy in the world. But if you can't have your kids during the holiday season, when you do have them, go all out and make the most of it. Make the time count. Do the best you can that when you do have your kids, you don't take it for granted. And all of a sudden the holiday season goes up and you go, oh my gosh, my kids aren't with me. Well, what were you doing the rest of the year? Right. I'm not trying to be sassy and mean. I'm just trying to be real. Yeah. Right. You can make the most of time devoid of holidays. But if you are lonely, surround yourself with friends. Plan ahead. If you know they're not going to be with you, do something to make that a better time for you while your kids, which is the focus, are having a good time as well. Right. Oh, I love that advice. That's great. I mean, it's 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 very powerful and I know it's going to help a lot of people. So, I mean, thank you for all of that. Last minute question. Any advice on just general ways for people to have some stress relief or you know, relief of anxiety during the holidays? You know, what what can they do? What kind of practical things can they do to, I mean, you know, I I work with kids, as you know. So, you know, I I do a lot of, you know, deep breathing and, you know, some um, you know, kind of mindfulness activities with kids. And I know you can do this with adults too, but what would you suggest for people to some coping skills that they can have during the holidays? Prepare. Prepare, prepare, prepare. This is not your first rodeo with this family. This is not the first time that you've dealt with these struggles or anxieties that might come up. So repair. So if you have a therapist, plan ahead. Start a month in advance or repair some plans and tools that you can take care of for yourself in the moment before, afterwards, how to decompress, how to deal with self-care, during, after, all those things. Prepare a plan for yourself that if this happens, Ellie, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to do some deep breathing. I'm going to go and read a book. I'm going to go out to go shopping as my way to decompress. I'm going to go sit by the pool. I'm going to play with the kids. I'm going to, I don't know, something that you can do for yourself when things get anxious. I like to create something called a coping card with my clients, where it's like a three by five card of all the little formulas and things that you can do for yourself. So you have it accessible. So you don't have to really think about it later on because you've done the work to repair kind of a plan of an equation of if I have a cup of tea and I read my favorite book, then I'm going to feel calmer. That's just my thing. I like cups of tea and books. Um, I like so you really have to figure out what your equation is, but you can do the work now. We got time. So sit down, think about it and prepare. I think the, uh, the quote is, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Um, so make sure you're doing the preparation. You know, it's coming. It doesn't just jump upon you. The prep in the holidays is already in our faces. Um, so we know it's coming. So start the preparation, think about what you need for yourself and make it happen. I love that. Great advice. Ellie, where can people find you for more advice, more information? Where can they follow you on social media, et cetera, et cetera? Sure. So my main account on Instagram is Ellie Weinstein underscore LCSW. I have a podcast called The Dude Therapist. Kim's going to be on soon, yeah. um, airing soon. Um, and uh, I have a website, Ellie Weinstein LCSW.com. Please reach out how you can, how you want, if I can help you. I'd be more than happy to. And if I can't, I will do my best to find someone who can. Oh, I love that. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for your time and all of your wisdom today. 
we will get through the holidays and I'm going to use some of your advice for myself too. So I appreciate that. And, um, you know, for everyone who's listening, I know that they're going to be helped with all of your advice as well. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having you and good luck and have a happy holidays to everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I can't wait to have you back for more. Make sure to subscribe to the Parentologist podcast so you don't miss an episode and make sure to tell your friends. This podcast is not intended to be a replacement for therapy. If you or someone you know is in crisis, please call 911.